it's a privilege again to be in your presence. And um, God is good all the time. And he's awesome. He's fantastic. And when you allow him to use you, he will use you in a great and marvelous way. This morning, before I even start, I want to acknowledge, um, well, actually, two friends of mine and, and the platform, Sean McCullough, very dear friend of mine. Sean was there for me so much and still is. When I had the virus and I was in the hospital, he was the only friend I had physically in New York City that was there for me. And I remember when I went to the hospital and I called him and I told him that they said I had the virus and they're gonna keep me. I, he says, he's coming right away. And he was at the hospital. And when they put me in the wheelchair to wheel me up to the room, I took out my apartment key and I gave it to him. I said, you may need this to um, get me some things. And he took it. And when I came out, I called him when I was coming out and he got a taxi and he took me home and helped me to go upstairs and, you know, got all the herbs for me and all that. And through God's grace, I am here this morning to speak to you. The other friend that I have, very, very dear friend, is Reverend Collimore. He's on board also, I saw. And um, I give God thanks for him. We have been friends for over 40 years. He's very special to me. And uh, we have come a long way. He and I have come a long way. And so I just wanted to acknowledge those two dear friends of mine. Okay. Um, at this time, I just want to pray before I get into the message that the Lord has given me to deliver to you. Father, I just thank you so much for your awesomeness and your wonders. You're so beyond imagination. There's no word to describe you. You are truly not man. You are truly a spirit. You became man to accomplish for us what you had to accomplish. But you're a divine being that reigns forevermore. And I thank you this morning for the privilege that you have given me to represent you to your people, to preach your word, not mine, not my word, not my thoughts, but your words. And so, Father, as your word goes forth, I ask that it will, be, it will explode in the hearts of those who are listening and that the changes in their life will be obvious. Let your Holy Spirit be real. Let your Holy Spirit speak to us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, come and speak freely. In Jesus Christ's name I ask, amen and amen. This morning I was asked by Eva to preach on prayer. And it's a topic that means a lot to me because I've come to acknowledge and recognize the importance of prayer in a Christian's life. 
And so this morning, I'm going to be touching on that topic. I won't be long, I promise you. But I want you to give it your full attention. And if you have a pen and a notebook, take notes. As the Holy Spirit speaks to you, take notes. Commitment to any instruction is a function of our understanding of what that instruction means to us. Most of the time, people look at prayer as a means of getting your needs met. But when you look at scripture, it is far more than that. It is far more than just getting your needs met. Most of the time we, we go to God in prayer and we pray amiss. Why? Because our motive is not right. Our motive is not right. We ask him for power, authority. We ask him for wealth. And he's saying, can I find a space in your heart for that? Can I find a space in your heart for what you're asking me for? Because our motive is not right. You see, God always looks at the heart. He examines the heart every time. So when you go before him to pray, it is important that you examine your heart and your motive to make sure that what you're asking for will glorify him and not just to spend upon yourself. It's imperative that we do this. Prayer does not only meet our needs, but prayer changes people. Write it down. It's important. Prayer changes people. It is important to get our needs met, yes. But it is important for us to change. So when you go to the prayer altar, remember that it is going to change you. Because that is what it's all about, to change you so that your motive can be the correct motive when you pray. The more changes we experience as individual, the higher our level of command with God. Yes, it's true. The more level we experience with God in prayer is the more command we have with God. Prayer goes far beyond changing things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes people. In Luke 9, and I would, I'm going to turn to it. Luke 9, verse 29 through 35. It says this. 
As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. And his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him who were heavy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. <coughs> his level has changed. Jesus' level has changed. Right there. Then it happened, as they were parting from him, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah not knowing what he said. When, <clears throat> while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. Here, here's where the, 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 the level, has, the change of level is now being confirmed. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. Jesus' level changed immediately when he prayed. And the disciples did not understand what was happening. They quickly wanted to set up tents to make something permanent there. He says, no, no, no. I can imagine he said, no, I didn't bring you here to set up tents. I bring you here to see how prayer works. Prayer changes people. His level changed immediately. The voice came and confirmed it. This is my beloved son. Hear he him. Prayer changes people, yes. It is a great thing for things to change in your life. But it is even better when you change. It is even better when you as a person change. If you allow the prayer to change you. We look at the story of Moses. When Moses came down from the mount. Exodus chapter 34. You can turn to that. Exodus chapter 4. Verse 29 to 30. <coughs> and it says this. Now it was so, when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai, with the two tablets and the testimony were in Moses, the uh, tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. He glowed, his face was glowing. So when Aaron and all the people, all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation and returned to him, returned to him, and Moses talked with them. 
Afterward, all the children of Israel came near and he gave them as commandment all that the Lord has spoken with him on the Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. And whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out and he would come out and speak to the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded. <coughs> and whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with the Lord. Prayer changes people. It changes your appearance. It changes your motive. It changes your attitude to be more like Christ Jesus. That is his aim for you to change. That is Christ's aim. And we see where it changed Jesus and it changed Moses. It will do the same for you and I. It will do the same. No difference. <clears throat> So we can expect great change as we engage the prayer altar. I have learned some time ago that it is important when you pray to listen. It is more important to listen than to talk. Because by listening, he's able to let you know what is important to him. He's able to let you know that your prayer is amiss. <coughs> he wants you to pray according to his will, according to his desire and not your desire and your will. I have learned that if I pray God's will, I don't have to worry about the things that I need, the things that I want. He will supply it. He will supply it. And this is how I pray now, when I pray. In the morning when I get up, <coughs> excuse me, in the morning when I get up to pray, I no longer pray Bread and butter prayer. God give me this. God give me that. I need that. I don't pray those prayers as often anymore. I don't. What I pray is this. I said, Lord, bring souls before me. That is your heartbeat. Bring souls before me who are ready to accept you as their savior. Bring them before me, Lord. Bring those who are ready to accept you. And let me tell you something and listen to me carefully this morning. He answers that prayer like this. He answers it like this. Within two weeks, within two weeks, I was able to win. God used me to win two souls for his kingdom. Two souls at the place where I work. One lady from Jamaica, I met her in the lobby. 
And she's talking about, oh, God is good to her. Oh, God is good to her. And I heard her. So I went to her and said, are you a Christian? Do you, have you accepted him? And she said, no. I said, what? She says, no. So I sat her down and we started talking. And by talking to the lady, while talking to her, <laughs> the Spirit said to me, Donald, she's ready. Take the confession. And it so, was so good that the lobby was empty. Only the security was there. And myself and the lady. And I said to her, are you, would you accept him today as your personal savior? And she looked at me and she said, yes, why not? She says, yes, why not? I said, put your hand in mine. And she said the sinner's prayer. And when she said it, she started praising God. And we started singing together. And the security was there watching us. I didn't care. I didn't mind. And I gave her my card and she left rejoicing. She said she's going to find a church and she's going to get baptized. I said, good. Do it. Any problem, call me. That was three weeks ago. And Wednesday, this past Wednesday, I was at work. And the lady, the receptionist that takes the the patient's information before they see the doctor, life, health insurance information, all that. I noticed she was quite perturbed about something. She, she was not relaxed. She was nervous. So I, I went to her and said, are you okay? Everything is okay? She said, yes, uh, everything is okay. Um, but she wanted to talk to me because she don't, she don't usually talk to people about her business, but she feel comfortable talking to me. <clears throat> and she opened up and the lady started talking to me. And she said, Donald, I was married. I got divorced because my husband, I married to him. He's going to get the green card. But I found out that he was being unfaithful and he was into a lot of evil. So I divorced him. Okay. And now my life is in turmoil and and, you know, I have a friend and she wants to take me to this woman that cut cards and read, read the, the <clears throat> tarot, tarot leaf or whatever it is. And look into crystal ball to tell her what her future and what is going on in her life. And I stood there and I listened to that lady. And when she finished speaking, I said to her, after work, I'm going to take you in that office and I'm going to pray for you. And everything is going to be fine. She says, yes, she will do it. And I said, don't cry. It's going to be okay. And after work, everybody left. I took her in the office. Her name is Candice. I said, Candice, you have been going through a rough time. But it's going to end right here. It's going to end here, Candice. But it's a process that you have to go through, Candice. And the first thing you must do is to accept Jesus Christ as your master and as your savior. I said, Candice, are you willing to do this? She said, yes, Donald. Yes, yes, yes. I am willing to do it. I said, Candice, take my hand. She took my hand. And she made that confession. She accepted Jesus Christ 
as her master and savior in that office. And after she was finished and I looked on her face, I could see the glow on her face. She was so happy. She hugged me and she said, thank you, Donald, thank you. And she left that office rejoicing because she, she now have a new life. The new life is real. When it enters you, the old man leaves. The spirits of darkness leave. And when I prayed for her after she accepted Jesus Christ, and I prayed for her, and I command those spirits to go now in the name of Jesus, they all left. They left her. And we left together and we walked to the train station. She took the L train, I took the A train. And I did not see Candice, and I have not seen her since, okay? That was Wednesday. I did not work Thursday, and I did not work Friday. I went to work on Saturday, which was yesterday. When I got to work and I entered the building, the lady at the front desk said to me, Donald, what did you do with Candice on Wednesday? I said, what do you mean? What do I do with her? She said, Candice came into the office on Thursday, a new person, a different person, different energy, everything. And Candice told us how she slept well. She felt better. She felt like a burden was lifted off her. And she went out and had a good time with her friends. Only God could make that change in her life. Only God could bring about that change by giving her the new birth. That's why Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must experience that new life. Nicodemus could not understand it, even though he was a teacher of the Jews. He should have understood it, but he didn't. And Jesus said, are you a teacher of the Jews and you don't understand this? There is a spiritual birth that you must experience. So what am I saying? When you pray what Jesus is passionate about, he answers that prayer immediately. He's passionate about souls. He said he wished for none to perish, but for all to come to eternal life. When I was told that on Saturday, believe me, the tears came. And I went into the bathroom and I, I cried and I thanked him and I thanked him and I thanked him for using this earthen vessel. <clears throat> to using this vessel to bring forth his light. There are many people like Candice out there. Many. Don't get stuck in praying for things. No, don't do that. Pray for souls. Pray, pray to harvest the field. He says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Let him use you. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes people. Give me is okay. It's nothing wrong, give me, but it is better 
when you change. When your level change, you, you, you move to a different authority level in the spirit realm. You do. As we engage the prayer altar, we grow from strength to strength. And in case you don't understand what that means, in, in Psalms 84 verse 7 it says, they grow, they go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appear before God. And in Hebrew 4, 4, 16, it says, let us therefore come before boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It is very important to know that prayer goes far beyond things but it actually changes people. Prayer is a platform from which we build our grace for the day of trouble. It's a platform where we, where we build our strength, our grace for the time of trouble. And trust me, the time of trouble is here. Coronavirus that killed thousands, if not millions of people. Yes. And there is worse to come. There is worse on the horizon. Because God's people have rejected his laws. So when you pray, just know that God is interested in changing you. This is where we build our strength on the altar of prayer. In Psalms 24, 10, it says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Thy strength is small. So this is where you go to build your strength. You can never neglect prayer. Prayer changes people. It not only changes things. We saw that where Moses and Jesus is concerned. After the 40 days prayer and fasting and, they were in, and when Jesus returned, the scripture says all eyes were fixed on him. Luke 4, 8, 16 through 20. All eyes were fixed on him because they saw the change. Prayer changed people. The level of glory or the level of authority is changed when you pray. It changes your mentality and your perspective. You get so close to him, to God, that your attitude becomes God-like. Your attitude becomes God-like. Your tastes begin to die for the things that are not like him. Yes, it does happen. Your tastes die for the things that are not like him. In his presence, we will experience change. We will experience that change. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it says, But we all, with open face, beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
So the more we spend time in his presence, we change and we look and behave like him. And that's what the world wants to see. When you spend time in his presence, the change come. Obedience become your natural lifestyle. The more godly you become. I want to look at where prayer is concerned. The time we spend in prayer. It is not by what many words that we are heard. It's not by the many words. Please remember this. We go to God in prayer and we speak, we just talk, talk, talk. We talk about so many things, but we're not focused. We're not focused. We think that by so many words that we are heard. It is not. He tells you that in Matthew chapter 6, 26, verse 40 to 44. But when he pray, use not vain repetition as the Edens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. One line prayer will give you any prayer target. One line prayer. It does not have to be many words. It does not have to be many words. And Jesus exemplified that. When he went into the garden to pray, just before his crucifixion, the scripture says he prayed for three hours. Three hours. What did he have to say for three hours? What was it that he was saying? The same exact thing for three hours. Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me for three hours. It wasn't many words. It was intense and, and, and intense and strong and wanted what he wanted. It wasn't many words that he used. Three hours. Oh, can you pray for three hours saying the same thing? Intensity of the demand. Intensity of the demand. We look at another story of the blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, verse 48 to 51. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus acknowledged him. He acknowledged him. <laughs> and Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said, Unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. One line prayer. But the intensity of the demand is what counts. They were intense. They were intense. 
You look at the story of Anna. When Anna prayed, she said, give me a man-child. Give me a man-child. Give me a man-child. And I will give him back to you. Give me a man-child. One-line prayer. When Eli saw her, he said, woman, are you drunk? She says, no. I'm not drunk. I know what I want and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to pray with everything in me. Give me a man child. Give me a man child. And the scripture says her prayer was answered. And she got pregnant and she had Samuel. It's not by your many words. It is your sincerity and intensity of the demand. He hears you. The prayer altar is designed for people who are intense and focused on their demand. The prayer altar is designed for people who are intense and focused on their demand. It is not the many words. It is not the many words. In Luke 9.29, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. When you pray, ask God to change you. Ask your father to change you. Ask him to allow you to pray his passion. What is your passion, Father? I want to pray what you're passionate about. Not what I need and what I want. You already know that. I want to pray for souls. I want to win souls, Father. That's why you saved me. Not to just take me to heaven but for me to spread your word and to win souls so that the kingdom will be enlarged. The same lady can be said to me, she said, Donald, yesterday I passed the lady down the road that did the, the, the tarot card and, and, and all of that, and I wanted so much to stop to speak to her for her to tell me. Those people are, 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 they are there, they are, they are advertising their wares. And people are going to them and, and get their life tangled up by demonic spirit. Why we, 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 we go before the throne and ask God for things. Give me this, give me that. No. He wants his children to pray passionately about the things that he's passionate about. That's what he wants. And all other things that the Eden seek for will be added unto you. That's the key scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all the things that the people of the world, the pagan, are killing themselves to get, he will give it to you. I tell you this and I do not lie. Ever since I've been praying that prayer, things, doors are just opening up. Doors are just opening up. And I said, Father, this is what it takes? He says, yes. 
Things are just coming to me. Sometimes I don't share it with you guys, but it's just coming. Things are just opening up. And I said, my, I'm amazed. Pray when you go to the prayer halter. Pray and ask him to change you. To see things the way he sees it. To love what he loves. To be passionate about what he's passionate about. Forget about your needs for a while. He knows them. And he promised to supply them. Prayer does not only change things, but it changes people. And at this time, as I close, I'm quite conscious of the fact that I'm not just speaking to those who I'm looking at right now, but there are other people at other platforms. And for you to truly enjoy the blessings of God, you have to first know him. You have to first give your life to him. You have to first experience the new birth. To truly allow him to use you, you must be born again. That's the foundation. You must be born again. There's no other way around it. No other way. And the moment you do, your life takes a change for the better. I promise you, it takes a change for the better. So I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning, those of you online that have not been born again, to be born again this morning. By faith, I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask you, I can't see you, but I believe you are there and you're listening to the word that God is giving you this morning. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and I want you to repeat after me. By faith, I believe. Repeat after me right now. Father in heaven, my God, I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I recognize that I need a savior. Your son, Christ Jesus. That came and died for my sins. And on the third day was resurrected so that I may be justified. This morning, Father, my God and savior. I receive your son, Jesus Christ. Repeat it. I receive your son, Jesus Christ, as my personal savior. And I will serve him all the days of my life. If you have said that prayer, you are born again. If you said it from your heart with all sincerity, you are born again. And you are going to experience the new life. Things are going to start changing in your life and you will see it before your eyes. Yes, it's going to happen. Once you accept Jesus Christ, everything changes. Everything changes. So I'm asking you this morning to be confident and to know that you have been born again this morning. This morning, you are born a new person, a new person. Let's pray. Father, 
I thank you so much for your awesomeness. I thank you for all those who are in line who have accepted your son Jesus Christ this morning as their personal savior. Father, take them to the next level. Teach them your word. Let them come to know you in a personal way, Father. Let them come to know your love and your compassion and your mercy as you follow them all the days of their life. And when they do leave this existence, they will be with you in paradise. I believe, Lord, with all my heart, they will be with you in paradise. I thank you, Lord, for hearing me this morning and for answering my prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I love you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Bolt, for sharing the word with us.